It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Salutations, Mets fans, and welcome to another year of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. This is our fourth year of podcasts, you crazy bastards, and you're still listening to it for some reason. Joining me to ring in another season, or calendar year, I guess, we still have a ways to go, of Mets baseball is Aaron York, Steve Sippa, and Kate Feldman, assembled co-hosts, it's the new year. They say it's the new year, and I don't feel any different. But what is your podcast-related New Year resolution? I'll go first, I guess. Um, I'd like to be in the podcast more, which is something I haven't been able to do just because I work so many nights. Uh, and um, and your laptop is incredibly loud every time you're on. Is it? <laughs> So I should speak softly. Or louder, I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? One of the two. But continue. Okay. It's gone away now. All right, great. Yeah, hopefully I'll uh, be on more. I like doing this just 
being able to talk to people outside of Slack, which is the program we use to talk about news stories and random stuff, is cool. And, yeah, these are fun, so I want to try to do a few more this year, maybe once a month or something. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome year. That's our in good shape, even though people are going to complain about the front office not doing anything. It's the same On this thing podcast, happens. probably. <laughs> so, it's going to be fun. Let's have talented players, and it's fun to talk about the Mets, so I'm um, looking forward to doing this more often, hopefully in 2016. Steve Sippa. Well, my podcast resolution is to um, be more fun and engaging, I think. I took <laughs> I took random Facebook commenters, you know, criticisms of us being boring. I thought it was, Greg and, I thought it was Greg and I specifically that were the boring well, ones, though. Still, all right. Well, then that's good. Then I'm the fun one. Yeah, you're the fun that, one. That's that's a first. Kate, um, not so squeaky because apparently that's the thing that I do. You're not as squeaky as Steve Schreiber, so don't worry about it. Oh God, I actually yeah. listened to that one. You just gotta smoke a pack of cigarettes that's a day. That was, you're the good. Su- that was the suggestion from Hank, as I recall. Um, <laughs> I like hadn't. I purposely not recorded myself since like middle school, and then I listened to the first one I was on, and it was bad. I've gotten used to the sound of my voice on this podcast. Maybe we've done 160-something of them at this point. Not that I love it or anything. Uh, my podcast, New Year's Resolution, is not to do 68 podcasts this year. I didn't actually, like, I, I was thinking about the math in my head between, like, prep time and recording time and post-production time. Like, literally weeks of my life were spent on this podcast. You love us, don't and... It's been such a great boon to my career. Actually, it probably has, but whatever. Uh, the other thing, of course, is to improve the sound quality, because I love the, uh, there's an Onion piece from last year called Podcaster Makes Solemn Promise to Improve Sound Quality Next Episode, <laughs> which is like more, almost as specifically targeted to me as the very famous uh, John Main takes pitch uh, requests at poorly attended late season Mets Nationals game <laughs> from Onion Sports a few years ago. Uh, I thought about getting one of them. They have those like giant little, uh, like mini soundproof boxes you can like stick your head and your mic in. They sell on like Amazon. But I don't know if I can also fit like a double old fashioned glass in there with me. Which what is kind straw? of a deal breaker. I guess a straw, yeah, I could work a big like swizzle stick or something. It yeah. just sounds really creepy. It's just like a little <laughs> box. A little box you stick your head in. No, no big deal. Just yeah, a box. Just a box. It's not like some sort of saw scenario, Steve. This is episode 165 of Amazing Avenue Audio. Our first of 2016, I may or may not remember to update the metadata to say 2016 when I post this later tonight. We'll see how it goes. And because it's January, there's not much to talk about. Well, there wasn't much to talk about. Now there's a little bit more to talk about, but I don't know how much it impacts the 2016 Mets. We will talk about Paul DePodesta leaving the Mets front office to take over the Cleveland Browns. All I can think of is that the uh, Simpsons Hank Scorpio episode. <laughs> the end is like, let's take over the Dallas Cowboys and get the Denver Broncos. I think the Cleveland Browns are the mid-1990s Denver Broncos equivalent at this point. Well, let's talk about the Mets AA affiliate staying in Binghampton. We'll answer your emails, of course. We have an IFK Gothenburg update. Yeah, they're back. But we will open the podcast with something I didn't... N- I- 
another podcast New Year's resolution of mine was not to talk about Daniel Murphy's valuation at any point in 2016, but we have to do it one more time because over our holiday break, he signed with the Nationals for three years and $37.5 million. What are we to make of this, assembled co-hosts? I'm fine with it. I'm also fine with it. I'm fine with it. I just want to know what the Nats spent the last few years going, hmm, yeah, we'll take that. So the thing about, they still, they needed to shuffle their infield in, in some form coming into 2016. Ian Desmond was a free agent. They had no interest in re-signing Ian Desmond. They have Trey Turner, who's one of the better shortstop prospects in baseball and is very close to Major League Ready, if not already Major League Ready. I mean, they certainly called him up uh, at the end of last season and didn't use him. So if they're clawing back service time now, that's kind of hilarious since they called him up for no reason last year. Um, But, I mean, as of right now, Danny Espinosa is their starting shortstop, or I suppose Stephen Drew. Yeah, they've signed a lot of middle infielders, like within a week. I mean, Murph makes sense for them in so much that he can play second, so it allows you to move um, uh, Rendon to third, and Rendon's bad ankle specifically to third. And then if Rendon gets hurt, you can move Murphy to third. If Ryan Zimmerman gets hurt or is terrible or is suspended for using PEDs, you can move Murph to first. You know, he gives you some flexibility. He's a useful player. I don't know if you want to value that at $37.5 million, but good for Daniel Murphy. Um, it's almost kind of sad. Like, every like every story I hear is like, oh, Daniel Murphy, like, really wanted to re-sign with the Mets really oh, badly. That was heartbreaking. It is kind of in a weird way. Like, it's I, it, what, we've talked about Daniel Murphy a lot on this show over the last three-plus years of podcasts. And it's, it is kind of like, because this, uh, this is something we'll get into later in the show, just so we answer some emails, but... You kind of want, there is something to be said, like, like he wants to play for the Mets. That should probably matter to us. And he wanted to before they were, like, the Mets that we know now. Like, he always kind of felt like he he was there for the Mets. Yeah, he is, he is the holdover from the bad old days. Yeah, he stuck with them. I wish you were a better defensive second baseman. I'm just glad he turned out to be a second baseman. I remember when he was... Tearing it up in Binghamton, he was this kid on the farm. He's like, no, the Mets have no position for him. And then, hey, why don't they try him at second base? No, he can never play second base. And then he immediately got he hurt turned out just because be, they played him at second base. <laughs> he turned out to be like, turned out to be satisfactory. Which yeah, is that's a good that's a good way to describe the Daniel Murphy experience. It was satisfactory. And back back when he was just uh, the guy in the minor leagues, if you told me that he was gonna do what he did as a major leaguer and that the Mets would consider bringing him back on a qualifying offer, that would be uh, beyond what I expected. So for a guy that I remember following in the minor leagues, it's been a really long trip for him, but um, I'm not really shedding any tears. I mean, he was. He was all right. And I'm, I'm a root for laundry guy. Like, that's cool that he wants to play for the Mets, I'm sure Neil Walker will be perfectly happy in Queens as well and hopefully play slightly better defense, hit a few more home runs. Yeah, same. Would you rather have Neil Walker on one year, 10 million-ish, or Murph for three, 37.5? Walker's a much better value. 
He's a much better value. Yep. It allows you to give Delson Herrera another year, who I think they still see as a second baseman of the future. Um, but it gives you a, in in a in 2016 win now Mets mode, which is so fucking weird. Um, <laughs> he's gives you a little more surety at the position, and he's a better. It feels like Neil Walker is not a good defensive second baseman. Fine, Neil Walker is a below average defensive second baseman. He's better than Daniel Murphy. And Walker also, it's also the the ripples. It means there's no niece, and it means we got Bartolo back. And sure, you can't. You, everything yeah. comes with the package. Bartolo and his rope exercises. <laughs> we'll also get into that later. Don't worry. I noticed. It, it's a, it's on the podcast agenda. <laughs> I think for the Nats, I mean, look, there's going to come a time, some big game in the summer if, if the division's close. The Mets are going to re-sign Tyler Clippard, and Dan Murphy's going to hit some big dong off him in the eighth inning of a close game. It's going to happen. You can, you, it's bang, nailed on. Of course. But I think, you know, I can I can raise the what's left in my glass, the Daniel Murphy era. He hit, he hit a lot of home runs in the playoffs. And it was good. And I think everyone's in a good place now. Yeah, it's it's just a situation where everybody it works out for everybody. Murphy gets his gets his payday. The Mets are not left in a position where you know we're now scrambling to find someone to replace him or yeah, locked it's, into it's a long term deal with him, yeah. long ish term. And this podcast never has to discuss <clears throat> his valuation again. Just you wait. <laughs> we will yeah, probably by like May fifteenth. Also, in a good situation, maybe. Is the Mets? I'm gonna get this job title wrong, probably. I believe I should look this up. I, I think know. I still have it. You don't know Paul DePodesta's old job title uh, offhand. I want to say it's senior, old job title is senior. New job. His new job title is executive vice vice president and chief strategy offer, officer for the Cleveland Browns, which is some corporate bullshit. Uh, his old. Title, I believe, was Senior Vice President of Player Development. And, and, and Amateur Scouting. And Amateur Scouting, right, yeah. he's in charge of the draft, too. So there you go. He no longer has that job title. He has the job title we just mentioned for the Cleveland Browns. I have no frame of reference for this. I know it's stuff kind of like this has happened before, but this is weird. And yeah, actually, it's, it is, it's just weird. weird. <laughs> it's just weird. And I'll say, of course, Paul DePodesta, podcast guest, has been good to me and Amazing Avenue and the show in general. I wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> yeah, Steve got that joke. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is bizarre, and it doesn't really affect the Mets in 2016 because the stuff he does from a developmental and draft standpoint, I'm sure he's in the room for major league decisions. I don't doubt that for a second. But, you know, this is more of a systemic thing. It sounds like they're going to promote from within, which is they, they highly value continuity. We've already seen that with the Kevin Morgan promotion from uh, Director of Minor League Ops, Takeover Field Coordinator from uh, Dick Scott, which happened today as well. But it's weird. It's really fucking weird. My favorite was that it was just, like, so subtle at first. Just, like, that one tweet. Like, it was no big deal. Like, oh, hey, by the way. I don't know if it's a big deal or not or what it means. I mean, this is not a football podcast. Yeah. And I can't speak. I was abused by people saying, like, he's, like, a statistical analysis guy. I mean, he is. That's a a club in his bag. 
But I think baseball has advanced to the point where it's you can't really look at that in in black and white terms. Dude's behind the backstop more than I am. He's comes from a scouting background originally with the Indians. Essentially, his job title now or previously with the Mets involves a lot of scouting. Does he have a a, a grasp of advanced? metrics and advanced statistical analysis and stuff like that sure of course that's got to be a club in your bag if you're an assistant gm in baseball at this point point. and sure Podesta might have been ahead of the curve with that and footballs behind the curve to a certain extent but it is just weird for me to to hear that because when you say and i know it's scouting and stats has to be in everybody's portfolio if you're working in a major league front office at this point but when people say like advanced statistical analysis dude sort of in the media or in the public sphere, they mean a very specific type of person. They mean like, you know, Mike Fast, Colin Wires. They mean like an analytics expert, which I don't know if really fits with the Podesta. But he's always wanted to work in football, so good for him. This is just weird. And he's going to somehow a worse ownership group after leaving uh, the McCourts <laughs> for the Wilpons <laughs> to Cleveland. He has a tie. Mm. San Diego, as I recall, wasn't great. I mean, they were just sort of generically cheap, though. And there's nowhere to go but up. He should have... I mean, if he like, gets to into make... the playoffs next year somehow, he's going to be worshipped in Cleveland. <laughs> like, Joe Posnanski will write a book about him. Essentially, <laughs> is what is going to happen. That would be a big deal. And But he's... I mean, nothing's worked there, so he's going to have freedom to do some creative things if he wants to. Wants to, wants to do some untraditional things, I think they'll let them do it just because they're they're always looking for an answer. They're also looking for a quarterback, but uh, you don't think Johnny it'll be interesting. Johnny fucking football is the uh... <laughs> I I love Johnny football, but at this point it's just this recent story is just getting so ridiculous that it looks like you might have to go back to rehab or something and who knows if he'll ever be seen on a football field again. So I'm gonna be drafting quarterback. I have to hype the job. The Daily News story was pretty much oh, for, Yeah, this no, is not this your personal. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And they also photoshopped like a blonde wig onto him. Oh, I have to see that. The Photoshop it, blonde. It was actually incredible. So it doesn't like they're going to stick internally, which is a thing that they do, obviously. So I, I imagine Tommy Tannis, who already has a big role in the draft, will take over the draft fully. You know, Adam Fisher is the name that's already come up from Adam Rubin and others. I mean, he's he fulfills the need for a Harvard graduate in the in every baseball front office. He might take more of a player dev role, uh, similar to what DePodesta was doing. And they're going to have to find two or three guys to to fulfill his role. I feel like I don't think Richardi is going to slide over. I think he's happy where he is now. You know, is this good for guys like TJ Barra and Ian Levin? Sure. And the names that only come up on this podcast and occasionally on Twitter, essentially. So for that kind of like, you know, front office sturbation thing <laughs> that only this show cares about, sure, those are names you're going to hear in the coming weeks. And again, for 2016, not really a big deal. The The wheels are in motion for whatever's going to happen. And Di Podesta's role was more draft and player development, as my wife is calling me. Oh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> uh, I texted her to say we were going to my buddy's house after this, so. And did she not think I'm recording a podcast? What's happening here? Maybe she wants to contribute. Hang on, she might have texted me. Hang on. 
I gotta wait for it. I already sent her to voicemail, but it's not a... We could add all this out. No, it's fine. No, I'm not going to, obviously. <laughs> no, she didn't. I don't know what to do. Well, you could text yeah. her. I don't know what she wants. She should be home by now, really. God. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, like, worried. And it's fine. Okay. If it's important, she'll leave a voicemail. I'm a millennial, so I don't really pick those up, but... Oh, God. So the person 10 years younger than me. It's fine. Well, okay, I have a question that might have been answered on this podcast, but I went to the bottom of DePodesta's wiki. Yeah. He appeared uncredited on several episodes of Homicide Life on the Street. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is not a thing that we all know about. No, I did not know about this until... The very last line on his Wikipedia page. That is new information to me. Anybody else? I, I feel like I watched a lot of Homicide Life on the Street. I had never heard of it. Never heard of the show. Never heard of it. Because I'm a baby. We've established that. So that would have been, what, 93 to 99. That's when it ran. So depending on when he uncredited Paul DePodesta appearances. Was he just doing, like, some extra work to pay for Harvard? I feel like that's unlikely. They filmed in Baltimore, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it was really, really exciting. <laughs> it is kind of exciting. Now I kind of, I'm sure it's on Netflix. I kind of want to go back and find out uh, what episodes he was on. <laughs> oh jeez, I should have actually like googled it and seen if anyone had picked up on this. So he's somewhere in there with like six degrees of separation or six degrees of Kevin Bacon, probably. Probably. Um, I mean, you got Paul Atanasi or whatever at a house, but I'm sure you can get something from there. After he wins Cleveland the Super Bowl and comes back to the Mets, um, you can ask him. He wins a, <laughs> if he wins a Super Bowl and a World Series <laughs> at some point, that would be kind of impressive. Yeah, it would. That would probably be a first. Apparently, he's all he's already the first executive to win five division titles with different teams or something. That was in that Cleveland press release. So. Did he win a division title with the... I guess, are they counting his time in Oakland? Probably. Yeah, the word executive really has no meaning in baseball because of title creep anymore anyway. He's only the general manager with the Dodgers. Yeah. They won the first year he was there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing... But just ask TJ Simers. That was all the work of uh, his predecessor, so... (laughs) I found it. Sorry. Mm. I got distracted. From the San Diego Union Tribune. Whoa. Yeah, disable your autoplay ads. Yeah, no, no, disable your autoplay. You have an ad blocker? Come on. Uh, I, it's That's how I get paid. I don't have that. Anyway, he was 22 and he like sent his like mugshot in, which I don't know what that means. But Headshot, probably not mugshot. He <laughs> said mugshot. So. It's, it's, yeah, was he arrested? I'm pretty sure it's his headshot. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just reading. I'm not analyzing. Shot is what actors use. Yes. Mug yeah, shots well, is what I know. <laughs> criminals. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, maybe he's got a secret life. Uh, I don't know. We're delving into his secret life right now. Yeah. Anyway, he was 22 when he played a cop and he had no lines. So. I'm curious about this now. Do you have the episode title? I'm going to look this up later. No, because it like yelled at me and had ads, so I closed it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so he's essentially an extra. I guess... Yeah, that's no fine. Lines. Not really an extra. A uh, girl I went to college with was like a credited actor on Law and Order. It's like a tattoo uh, 
artist character <laughs> that shows up in the first act to nice. identify people. I think everyone did Law, like Law yeah. and Order or CSI. I think everyone has done. I think she got the role specifically because she has a Renaissance era map of the world tattooed on her head. On her head. On her head. On her head. Which she got when she was, I think, eighteen. She got to Hampshire when she was sixteen, I think. With the side of her head? No, no, the whole like skull. It's like a full skull tattoo. So, oh, yeah. So, but the only person potentially hair. listening to this podcast and knows who I'm talking about is Jason Wojciechowski. So, I feel pretty safe here. <laughs> we should probably move on to the last of our main topics, which is the B Mets are staying in Binghamton. Maybe. Yay. Maybe. Yay. I alluded recently. What do you mean, maybe? I thought well, it was I alluded about. recently to the team possibly moving to Delaware. The Wilmington group was suing the previous ownership. Too many Phillies fans down there. Yeah. And since they won in court, I figured they would end up getting the team and moving in some sort of settlement that would involve them getting the team and moving to the team to Wilmington, which is what I had heard sort of, you know, on background and stuff like that. Turns out that the league, the Eastern League in this case, was going to refuse that sale. So the group backed out and they sold to a group that will keep them in Binghamton, or at least they're saying they will. Uh, Lynn Worthy, who does a great job covering them up at the uh, Press Sun Bulletin there, which really only matters only to people like me who cover the minor league affiliates and are starved for any sort of news. And Lynn does the best job out of all of them. He does. He, you know, he had a column recently. You know, look, there are attendance issues there. There have been. That's why there was a shingle put out front to begin with. It's an old stadium. They don't draw. The region has lost population over the last 20 years. If you go there in April and early May to night games, like I have in the past, it's a miserable experience. I <laughs> say, it can't be that warm. And I do have a fondness for Binghamton. I really do. Um, I like going to the Lost Dog Cafe for coffee and scones and shit like that. They just opened a new like Mediterranean and Middle Eastern influenced place that's really good that I also went to brunch because Lost Dog Cafe is closed on Sunday. They have one nice bar that does decent Mexican food too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I was just up there. My girlfriend's uh, brother graduated from Binghamton University, so I was at a dive bar there. Is that an Italian restaurant there? It's like every other Eastern League city. I found like three restaurants I can work around while I'm there. But it's not practical for me. I mean, you know, especially now, but, you know, even as a Met specific guy, I could see them, what, a dozen times more than that between uh, New Britain and New Hampshire, both of which are shorter drives. <laughs> and Hartford, assuming they ever get the fucking stadium built, I will also have that available to me. Go Goats! Yeah, they might have played their full first month on the road, it looks like. <laughs> it's amazing. It's 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 funny. When you work with Northeast contractors, there are, like, these crazy cost overruns for, like, concrete and metal. <laughs> I don't know. Let's I not talk I, about that. I couldn't possibly speculate. <laughs> but I'm happy. I like the B-Mats. My wife likes the B-Mats. She hasn't gotten her picture taken with the B, which she really wants to do. I'll probably get up there at some point this year. Because why not? I think Aaron's computer has finally <laughs> worried itself into oblivion. This is good. So I think we can move on to your emails. Anyone have any great Binghamton thoughts before we do that? 
Uh, I mean, I like having a long-term affiliate. I think there is a certain... I like they've been in Kingsport for a while. I like they've been in St. Lucie for a while. Exactly. You won't have to pay the uh, Columbia Fireflies fine if (laughs) if the Binghamton Mets left Binghamton. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, realistically, Wilmington, Delaware isn't a particularly longer drive for me, but it's just another crappy northeastern city I'd have to figure out. I don't know Wilmington. I know Dover. I went to a couple of CZW shows in Dover, which, again, is a reference that only Steve will get in, like, the patio of a bar. Here. Dover? Yeah. I, I can't recommend much. I went I was on the one main strip of Dover. There was a bar where I saw like wrestlers hitting each other with light tubes and then there's a uh, Bob Evans as well. So I made the right life. Yeah, probably. Forgetting it. All right. I like that. <laughs> now we'll move on to your emails. Before we do emails, we do housekeeping. It's Amazing Avenue Audio, episode one hundred and sixty five. Aren't you glad you've joined us for our fourth year of podcasts? Amazing Avenue Audio is the official podcast of your SB Nation. Stop shuffling. Who is shuffling? Oh, I went to put my beer down. Yeah. I didn't... That makes noise? Apparently. Can you just buy a USB headset mic? Can you do that? I'll put you on once a month if you buy a USB headset mic. I'll send you the link. It's $20. (laughs) It's a Logitech. Just buy it. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up on Amazon. You can do that. It's probably less than $20 there. Oh, because it's the mic on the computer. That's why it's... Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good thing. Amazing Avenue Audio is the official podcast of your SB Nation, New York Mets State, Amazing Avenue. You can find us on the internet at amazingavenue.com. I'm punchy tonight. I apologize to my co-hosts and listeners. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Avenue. You can find the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Amazing Avenue Audio, and you can listen or subscribe right there. I encourage you to both. I also encourage you to rate and review the podcast. You can find the podcast on the Stitcher app. Download directly from blogtalkradio.com slash Amazing Avenue, or listen to the embedded player that goes up in the podcast post at Amazing Avenue proper. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. My co-hosts this week are Aaron York. You can follow him on Twitter at Appy5000, that's A-P-Y-5000. Is it 500 or 5,000? I got that right? Yeah, three zeros. Five three thousand. zeros, good. Kate Feldman, you can follow on Twitter at, is it Kate E. Feldman? Yeah, I'm my parents this, think they're funny. I'm doing this from memory at this point, so <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> and my last co-host is Steve Sippa. You can follow on Twitter at Steve Sippa. That was the housekeeping. And these are your emails. This podcast is a train wreck, but this week... We will have the depressing domestic violence email at the start of the email segment instead of the end of the email segment like we did last time. <laughs> oh, yeah, some of you don't get these emails. Dear Jeffrey yeah. and fellow Mets aficionados, how did the Yankees give up so little for Aroldis Chapman? It's in the supplemental first round of the Yanks get if Chapman leaves at end of season. Worth as much or more than this poo-poo platter. What would the Mets equivalent package look like? The Reds have their hearts set on a corner infielder, middle infielder, and two pitchers. Gavin Cicchini, Johan Urania, Akil Morris, and Blake Taylor. You're breaking Steve Sippa's heart right now, Rob. Leave the Yankee huh. package in the dust. Am I right? Blake Taylor just had Tommy John surgery. Finally, what the fuck? Is it the domestic violence allegations? Yes. Of course I know, it is. <laughs> I know the Mets have a stellar record when it comes to being a gender-inclusive work environment. Hashtag. Or, or uh... 
Open and sarcasm. Open brackets. Yeah, slash and sarcasm. Baseball terms only. Chapman and Familia at the end of games would turn other teams into Nazis at the end of Indiana Jones movies. He makes eight million next year. The Mets just signed Diazza for five point seven five plus incentives next year. This ultimately redounds to just exhibit six thousand eight hundred and seventy-three in the People versus Fred Wilpon. Correct, very truly yours, Rob. So I believe, as I recall, the Mets inquired around this past July 31st trade deadline on Araldis, but shockingly, hashtag shockingly, found the return demanded to be too high. Now, this was obviously, of course, before the domestic violence issues. Now we can probably conclude the price the Yanks paid was a discount because of them. So package. I'll throw this out to the group with the caveat that I like Rookie Davis less than other prospecty sources. Which you would know if you read my Yankees top ten list on baseball prospectus free to all. I know it went up December twenty third, which is kind of, you know, whatever. A Mets return would have been something like Chikini. I'll go with that as sort of your uh Jagiello equivalent. If you want a rookie Davis ish arm, you can pick one of uh Rob Zellman, Chris Flexen, or Gabriel Yanoa. Let's say LJ Mazzilli and Seth Lugo for the sort of the back end guys. And honestly, I think they can take that money on with minimal difficulty. It's exactly the type of deal they have taken on in the last, you know, nine months or so. This is sort of a years out versus dollars spent kind of thing. And that isn't bad for a year of an elite closer to pair with Familia at the back of the bullpen. But co-host, would you do it? No. And it has nothing to do with baseball, but that's just me. Yeah, I'd probably do it. Steve Sippa? Yes, because ultimately, at the end of the day, all these people only are relevant to me in terms of my liking the Mets following baseball. Aroldis Chapman probably is a shitty person. I mean, you can't, you can't, there's no, you know, defending or supporting someone who allegations are not, you know, was abusive to his wife, girlfriend, whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. There's just probably so many people like that in the world. And... That's fucking bullshit, Steve Ziva. It no, doesn't I mean, mean I... to put them on a pedestal, though. No, no, no. no I, know, not... I, I, know, I know what he's saying. So, so this has come about recently in a sort of a roundabout way in regards to my soccer fandom, which is something you're going to be hearing about in 2016 on this <laughs> podcast, like every other year. Um, and I, it's not specifically about this issue. But it, it, it does get to the core of what do you want to root for. And I've been guilty of this in the past, certainly. Um, you know, look at my Flores Mia Culpa from last summer. So Sheffield Wednesday, the English soccer team I root for, has Premier League aspirations now. They have money. Um, they are two points off a playoff spot as we record this podcast. And it's sort of come up on Wednesday Twitter, as it were. They're sort of looking... The people they target as sort of like the scapegoats when the team doesn't do well are, are – there's two players specifically that have come up recently. One sort of more overarching than others, Addie Nuhiu, who's one of their strikers and also Greg Karam's favorite Sheffield Wednesday players. I referred to him as the Albanian Pele on the podcast before. <laughs> um, and Liam Palmer, who grew up in Sheffield as a Wednesday fan and came to the youth system. And yes, neither of these players are probably – 
fits for the team going forward for what their aspirations are. They have Premier League aspirations. These are not Premier League quality players. But, you know, they play for the shirt, sort of as, as soccer fans would say. And I think that matters to me now. And I don't know why. And, uh, you know, Aaron sort of alluded to this sort of like rooting for laundry thing. And I get that. I do. And Aroldis Chapman makes his team better in the regular season and in the playoffs. No doubt. When we're watching, like, Addison Reed try to hold, like, meaningful games in September in the eighth inning. Again. Know, you're, again, you're going to wish that Aroldis Chapman was in that bullpen. Um, you know, it's an e- it's easy in hindsight to say now, but another shutdown reliever? Games one, four, and five of the World Series maybe play out differently. And generally, Steve's right. You don't know. Did you suspect Jose Reyes? Johan Santana was accused of sexual assault on a golf course, and that just sort of went away. You know, what is the the price you're going to pay to win baseball games as a fan? I do I do wonder about that. And uh, Meg Rowley, I'll plug the brand, has done some great stuff of that uh, about that at Baseball Perspectives recently. And you can hide behind his not being arrested all you want. That's fine. This is not a court of law. The standard for who I root for should not to pass a strict reasonable doubt test. You know, will I renege on this when the Mets re-sign Tyler Clippard? And as I said, he gives up a big <laughs> eighth inning home run to Daniel Murphy sometime in, like, July? I, I don't know. I mean, as fuck if I know. I just, I don't... This team is good now. And I, even with the shitty offseason, it's been kind of a shitty offseason. It's still a good baseball team. And I just, I don't need another reason to feel sleazy about rooting for them. I have enough. That's my thing. I think, especially now that they're good, I think even more of a reason, and people are paying attention, that you should still be holding your team to a higher standard on and off the field. And I will talk about this until I'm blue in the face. I mean, I'm fine with, like, there's a certain amount of asshole them I accept in my baseball player. There's, like, a baseball brand of asshole that is kind of unavoidable. Oh, if you want to be Matt Harvey, you be Matt Harvey. Right, like, right, I'm going to hate right. you, but it's whatever. Or A.J. Przinsky. And there's a million guys like this in the majors. Because yeah. there's a certain amount of egotism that it takes to to get to that level in the first place, I think. Yeah. You know, the the Brandon McCarthy's of the world or whatever Dan Heron was tweeting out yesterday. You know, the, <laughs> you know those are rare within baseball. And there is a certain amount of sort of it demands a certain level of like sociopathy to I think that's actually pronounced right. You gotta be a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> you did pronounce that right. Yeah. To be an elite baseball player, I feel like. But there's a line. There is a line. There is a very strong line. And it, 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 it does kind of also track with how good a, a baseball player you are. That's why Aroldis Chapman is still an in demand baseball player. Why Milton Bradley continued to get jobs. It's why, for some fucking reason, the Texas Rangers signed Matt Bush right out of jail. Mm. <laughs> you know, this stuff happens. I just, you know, i just rather root for Carlos Torres. He seems like a cool dude. <laughs> I never particularly thought that Carlos Torres had a personality. He probably doesn't, and that's and fine. Just- He's really fast, apparently. Like, hey, there we go. The one thing I know about him, he's like, they always say he's like the fastest dude on the team. 
Actually, Matt, I don't remember what it was some sporting event. This is how much I paid attention. Matt's like went to a game with Jose Reyes the other day. Like on his Instagram. Well, he was just in where was he like is he like in the Dominican doing missionary stuff? I feel like he was recently. No, it was like it was like some like sweet. Like it was like here, I think. It's probably here. I mean, Reyes still lives on Long Island. That's true. Matt so is a Long Island guy. You got like an Islanders game? Was it a baseball game? I've had a baseball game. It's well, 25 degrees right out. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. I hope it wasn't an Islander game. I don't, don't play know. Long Island anymore. It was an Islanders game. Right. That makes sense to see that Matt is a Long Islanders fan. Reyes doesn't. Like, I don't. I just. I don't like, I always know. assumed, like, Stephen Matz was just, like, some adorable, like, kid I went to college with. And I just. It just like uh, I just I don't I just like it. You didn't like that he was hanging out with Reyes. I don't know. I don't know what Reyes did. I don't know if it's true. I just get squeamish about it. Very well. This is true of Chapman. It was certainly true of Reyes. Sort of the level it has to rise to for the police to get involved with like rich, famous dudes. Mm-hmm. I am not inclined to give either the benefit of the doubt. Well. And Chapman admitting the gunshots, but nothing else. That was just odd. Yeah, that was disturbing, just that he might say he'd be oh, just okay with admitting that. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that that part of it was fine. And it, no yeah, like, as, as it's like, that I just was shot up my garage. Bad, bad yeah. yeah, you know, it's what, it's what boys do. That was our fun domestic violence email. <laughs> now we'll go on to trade proposals with Ben. Yay. Gentlemen, with the Cincinnati Reds in an apparent fire sale and the Mets reportedly still looking for an outfielder, should the front office renew talks for Jay Bruce? I know he is left-handed and the Mets are looking for a right-handed hitter, but could he be had on the relatively cheap end, say Montero and Nimmo? I wouldn't even give up that much. We're kicking it old school on Amazing Avenue Audio with a Jay Bruce trade <laughs> proposal. Um, yeah, I mean, they're looking for depth. He's not going to start over Granderson and Conforto. And, and you can make a decent shout. He's better in center than Daza. He's not playing there. Um, I do want to... So, yeah, this isn't going to happen. I do want to talk about people, including Rafael Montero, and trade proposals this offseason, including, like, the bizarre uh, John Harper deal proposed in the Daily News recently. I will just mute your mic, Kate. It's fine. I'm not taking credit for that. I don't <laughs> Um, I, I get the Zach Wheeler trade proposals, though I wouldn't be inclined on either end of those kind of deals to make them. At least with Tommy John, there's somewhat predictable recovery with generally sort of linear progress over 18 months. Montero has thrown two innings in winter ball since leaving a rehab start where he was touching 90, complaining of shoulder discomfort shortly after having his effort questioned publicly by his manager. No one is trading for that dude. <laughs> Let's be clear. I hope it works yep. out for him. I hope his shoulder's fine. I hope he comes back looking like Rafael Montero. Keep him out of your trade proposals. As a general suggestion. But yeah, it's going to be a right-handed dude. It's going to be like Stephen Pierce. I just, Someone said the other day he's still even looking for like three-year deals. Jay Bruce or Stephen Pierce? Stephen Pierce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay Bruce is still property of the Cincinnati Reds, right? Um, yeah, that's good luck I with that. It might not have been completely reputable, but I know I saw that. Oh, it's like, look, it's 
we know how this plays out. It's going to be a Daz and Ligaris platoon-ish thing in center. Conforto and Granderson in the corners. We'll see how it goes. They'll just trade for some dudes on July 31st that'll hit 20 dingers again. It's fine. <laughs> they have the pieces to do that. Don't hey. worry about it. It works. It works. 100% of the time, it works 100% of the time. We're one for one so far. So. Yeah, you can't beat that. final email is from Willie. Hey, Jeff. I have always kind of thought that Flushing, Queens was a boring location for a baseball stadium, considering the incredible uniqueness of New York. Let's imagine that City Field collapses on New Year's Eve with no one in it except Jeff and Fred, RIP. A new benevolent owner... This got dark. <laughs> a new benevolent owner comes... Benevolent owner comes to in to rebuild the stadium, and for some reason is allowed to build it anywhere in the five boroughs. He comes to ask you where to put it, you can either answer this question practically, considering the ease of transportation, traffic, etc., with malice, New Jersey or Long Island, for example, neither of those are the five boroughs that Steve's going to get upset, or fantastically, the middle of Midtown with skyscrapers, casting shadows, waterfront spots, Liberty Island. Actually, answer all three. The more specific, the better. Love the show. Willie. So I don't specifically have a tie to Queens baseball. I'm not a true New Yorker. I didn't sign the pledge, having been born and grown up in Connecticut, I guess. But I will say that Flushing is an easier drive for me coming from Connecticut than just about any place you would stick it in or around New York City. Except maybe like Astoria, Woodside, Sunnyside, over the Triborough kind of stuff. So I'm not inclined to move them. <laughs> when did Queens stop becoming cool anyway? Um, Queens was never cool. Right about the time everyone got priced out of Williamsburg and decided they didn't want to move to Bed-Stuy. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd move them to Brooklyn or someplace, or Manhattan. If I mean, Manhattan's obviously not practical at all. Move it to the old uh, polo grounds, but that's just as not great a neighborhood, probably, as where they are now. Although, at least there's stuff around there instead of just chop shops. But they're supposed to be building some stuff at Willits Point. Yeah, and eventually. I like taking long after the, we're all dead. Maybe not Kate. Wait, Eric, aren't you my age? Oh, uh, I'm closer to Jeff. I'm 29. <laughs> all right, just kidding. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I uh, I still feel young. I'm right out of college. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not going to the Bronx for anything. I had a friend that moved to Washington Heights many years ago from a story. I'm like, oh, I'll never see you again. Yeah, which was literally true. I went to her. Actually, it wasn't. I went to her, like going away party when she moved back to the West Coast, like four years later. That was it. <laughs> wow, that's the way it works. No, that's a big move. Queens. Anything that requires me to drive any length of time on the BQE is out. So, sorry, all of Queens and Brooklyn, essentially. I spent four yeah. years going back and forth visiting my wife, driving the entire length of the BQE to Bay Ridge. I will never do that again. Yeah, I cannot drive in the city. Staten Island's out, I feel like. Nah, that's way in, man. (laughs) Long Island City? Long Island City, I feel like they're going to be knocking down shit on the waterfront there for years, so... Long Island City might work. Ugh. 
Anywhere on Long Island be a pain in the butt for me to get to. Long Island City is in Queens. It's one stop on the 7 over the bridge. Over the, under the water. Not really over the bridge. I didn't know that was still considered Queens. But that wouldn't yeah. be that much farther. I guess you just... The, the one thing, the LIRR is in Penn Station, so I wouldn't have to, like, go up to 42nd Street to catch the 7. There's nothing wrong with flushing. Flushing's great. There really isn't. Yeah, the 7 oh. Express... I love that train. Don't tell it that. It saves me so much time. It does. I don't I don't mind the 7. I spend a lot of time on the 7. I don't mind it. As long as it's the express. It's the only place I know how to get to in New York, so I'm fine with it. Alexian and Avalines are way worse, and I'm never taking the ACE again if I can avoid it. 7's not that bad. No, 7's great. Yeah, I took the AC up to JFK. That's the only reason you should ever take it. Yup. Although that wasn't that bad, but the seven shorter, and those express on the weekdays are clutch, and they got that scene in Men in Black because it was in Queens. <laughs> those Good movie. Email. Those were your emails. You can email the podcast at podcast at masonavenueaudio.com. So we're introducing a new segment. We're still forty three days away from pitchers and catchers reporting, so we have some time to kill. I will say. The nice thing about playing an extra month is the offseason is shorter by a month. This feels like a really short offseason. No, it doesn't. Uh, maybe not for people that have to, you know, actually fill content during it. <laughs> but I do want to introduce a new segment, and we're going to make pop culture recommendations for people to watch, listen, consume in the intervening weeks until there's baseball to watch. Hmm. What do you mean, hmm? I said this on the... Uh, Slack channel. Yes, yes, okay, yes. you're good. You have something prepared? That's nothing. not that's not Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> no, nothing in particular. All right, well, I won't start with you then, Kate. What do you got? I did. I prepped this, and I have a few weeks prep, so you have to bring me back. Mm. My first one, Happy Endings, is coming to Hulu, and it's fantastic. I and did see that. I'm very excited about that. Okay, see, we do have the same TV taste, don't yeah. we? I'm like halfway through season two because when I heard that, I started rewatching it. But it's great, and everyone needs to watch Happy Endings. Aaron. I couldn't think of anything that I watched that's, like, mainstream consumable. No, I wanna, I'm wanna. i eventually going to catch up. not mainstream consumable. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's, like, baseball weird, and then there's, like, other weird stuff. But I would do... I mean, I'm eventually going to catch up on Game of Thrones. But So that's what I want to do before baseball season starts because baseball season starts around the same time as Game of Thrones so I guess this is a good time to catch up on that and try to, I'll think of something hopefully by the time Steve's done although um, Steve might Netflix, not anything by now either uh, yeah, I mean, someone was my friend was telling me something he was watching on Netflix that was really good I'll look up the text a murder Yes, it's a murderer like series. Everyone's talking about that now. Yeah. So basic. And something I actually watched was Kimmy Schmidt, which is awesome, especially if you love 30 Rock when it was on NBC. You'll love Kimmy Schmidt. I wasn't a fan oh. of that show. Then you won't like Kimmy Schmidt. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I gave like two episodes I tried. I don't know. I was underwhelmed by Bob and Dave, I'll say that. It's Bob and Dave. It's uh, Mr. Show Guys, their new show that's not Mr. Show. Um, what's that on? Netflix. Oh, 
I haven't heard of that one yet. Did you have something, Steve? Um, just trying to think of some stuff. I don't know. I watched Netflix has a really, really, really good show. I know it was panned by the critics. I don't know why, but Marco Polo on Netflix. I love, a, I, I yeah. love Marco Polo, and it's terrible, but it's so yeah, like, watchable. I mean, I love that. I'm a, I'm a, you know. I enjoy history very much, and the history of the Silk Road. no resemblance to history. And the, his, the history of the Silk Road is, like, my favorite thing. Yeah, so like, no hey, it's resemblance. A, it's a setting set here, awesome. It's, but. it's, like, it's... It's somewhere between, like, Game of Thrones and, like, Xena Warrior Princess. Like, directly <laughs> in the middle of that continuum. And it's kind of amazing. And you have plenty of time to catch up. I think it's coming back summer of 2016. I watched their Christmas special. Yeah, they had a uh, single episode. Yeah. Which they were hyping, and it was like 25 minutes. It was very. Is... It was. It was fine. I was a little disappointed by that. I was expecting like a full like Doctor Who style Christmas special. Right. But... I, it, it felt like it was like a flashback scene they just took out of another episode because yes. they were punched for time. <laughs> it does feel like that. But yes, I recommend Marco Polo. It's kind of trashy, but in a good way. Um, I am going to recommend Lone Lady's 2015 album, Hinterland, because Ian Miller, who you might know from the Productive Outs podcast, or various, I think it's like seven different bands right now, most notably uh, Puig Destroyer and Calvin Walled City, kept recommending it on Twitter over and over again. So I gave it a listen, and it is what I imagine a Brian Eno-produced Talking Heads album would sound like in 2015, and that is the highest praise I can give anything outside of the 2080 scale. So there you go. If you want something longer than 40-ish minutes, uh, Stuart Lee Comedy Vehicle Season 3 just got uploaded to Netflix. So if you really enjoy the parts of the podcast where I'm being incredibly condescending, I do recommend that. <laughs> it's actually really funny. But it is a very specific kind of humor. Um, I mean, it is British, so it's it's kind of like England-specific. But London is a close enough parallel to like New York City at this point. It's basically the same jokes. Mm, that's not true. It kind of is. It's are you? He no. lives. He kind of lives in a portion of London that's like Williamsburg. So, our English hipsters are way weirder than American hipsters, and that is. A- I mean, I guess if we're talking about like like dudes in bowlers getting drunk in Soho, because those aren't actually hipsters. No, I mean my cousins are English hipsters, and they're all like they're just they're weird human beings. Oh, he's yeah, fine. They're odd. I mean, he's from Birmingham, so it's not like he's a... Yeah. 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 Wrap up the podcast with your first IFK Gothenburg update of 2016. They had their first official practice today. We are a scant six weeks from kicking off their Spenska Kupin defense. They've been drawn against Helmstad's BK, Degerfors IF, and IK Fredge. They're the only Ausfenskin team in that group as Halmstads was relegated to the Super Etten after last season. So it looks good for them to at least get through the group stage and into the, I don't know if it's a quarterfinal, I think it's quarterfinals. Uh, it starts up February 20th and the quarterfinals start up in the middle of March. It will bring you all the IFK Gothenburg news you have come to expect from this podcast on this podcast in 2016. And other good Gothenburg sports news, a uh, Gothenburg bowler won the PBA Chameleon Open last week, Jesper Svensson, two-handed lefty. Um, qualified number one, rolled through match play and the TV show to win his second PBA title. Everything's coming up Gothenburg. 
That's what I got. This was your first podcast of 2016. Hopefully they won't all be train wrecks like this one. I think uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> As Aaron's computer starts up again. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm going to send you that link for the headset mic. It's fine. It sounds like a aliens are landing. It does. Someone I can't imagine what it could be. It's your laptop fan. I don't even hear it, though. That's weird. I certainly do. Yeah, everyone else does, and it's not us. I'll have so. to listen to it. Well, it's one of you three, because coming in my output feed. And I'm pretty sure it's Aaron. It's not me. Well, it started when okay. I, I dialed into him first, so not really a surprise. We'll get these kinks worked out next week, as like that podcaster in the Onion article. I promise it'll be better next week. I think I have uh, committed to a Chris Flexen video scouting session with Greg Karam next week, too. Because it's about Amazing Avenue... Uh, prospect list time, which I have nothing to do with. Sort of. Mostly nothing to do with. This is Greg Karam's baby. We may have lost Aaron. It's fine. But we'll oh. see you then. Oh, no, he's no, back. I, he's I, back. I my, I yeah, yeah, my that's, mind. it's definitely you then. Oh. We'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I can probably, You're never this, allowed back on the podcast. not mean <laughs> anything to anyone. I might have figured out a way to remove the noise and audacity. We'll find out. One way or the other, though, we will see you next week for another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio.